feeling stuck sucks. It's disempowering. We feel isolated. And we may make decisions that don't serve us or our loved ones. Your coaches, Lada and Ryan, are here to help. Together, yes, that includes you. Let's get unstuck. This is the Fitwall Fusion Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Fitwell Fusion. This is Ryan, and I've got my guest here, Andrea Cola. Andrea is a strategic intervention coach and a nutrition coach, amongst other things. And uh, I met Andrea a few years ago, and he's a great guy. And I, when we started the podcast, one of the first things I thought is I got to get Andrea on the podcast. So welcome. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me here. Love it. Love me being here. Thank you. Yeah. So Andrea and I met in Malaysia. And one of the first things I, I noticed about Andrea was that he very, um, in a very subtle manner, he helped me understand where I was being a little bit judgmental at times or a little bit closed off. But he didn't do it in a manner where he was pushing me in any way. And it really resonated with me. So uh, actually, I've used your example of your behavior a lot, Andrea, just um, from being sort of like a silent coach, to be honest, to be kinder to people. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to ask you, is there anything specific that triggered your conscious growth? Because obviously, you've done a lot of personal development uh, and triggered you to become a a life coach or even martial artist coach and practice what seems like what you do is you practice nonviolent communication with others. Was, was there any catalyst to that in the past? Well, okay. Thank you for the questions. And uh, I would say that if there was any trigger about becoming, for example, a life coach or a martial arts coach, um, well, not really. I think it just happened. It just happened like life happens when you're not expecting it. And so about becoming a coach was never my main, uh, uh, let's say, my main goal in my life. I was an athlete for a long time. I've been working on many different things, but mostly an athlete. And becoming a coach, life coach, was a result basically of... Uh, simply be me and needed one <laughs> because I really, really needed a life coach in my, not just in my life. Okay. But also in my, um, my athlete as an athlete, basically, because obviously I needed support, emotional support because I had a lot of doubt, fears, like, you know, uh, like everybody and especially people who, who, who do like is actually like a sport, sport people, sportsmen, sportwoman, uh, really has a lot of things uh, internally that go, that are going on. 
okay? Because there is always that, you know, after the goal, I mean, having a goal, it's easy. It just go after it. I mean, it's not even going after it. It's not even the hard work <laughs> that is hard. <laughs> the hardest part is actually get yourself, you know, uh, out of the way because through uh, having certain belief, because sometimes you have some certain limiting belief, doubts and anxiety about what will happen, what if I don't make it, what the other will think about me. So all this, so for this, I really needed a support also because I'm somebody that really think about things. So I really needed a support. And so that's how life coaching came about from uh, hmm. from somebody else and yeah so that okay happened. so the the sorry to be a bit more specific in terms of martial arts like what what kind of uh what kind of sport specifically were you doing well lately uh, i was doing like a mixed martial art mma and boxing Okay, but on coaching, I needed help. So uh, before that, I was doing other martial arts. Like, for example, I've been um, uh, been doing like karate for a very, very long time in Italy, especially. So I was, you know, regional and national champion as well. But when I was like young, young age. And then uh, I moved to Ireland and there I started to actually have uh, uh, more understanding on the groundwork or wrestling, you know, this kind of, uh, and then little by little it evolved in MMA and boxing. So, um, so that is more or less my background. I've been doing that for like more than 20 years as a student. And so I kind of, pretty much know exactly, I mean, yes, no, actually, pretty much know exactly how he is to be a student and all the adversity that a student has. So that's why becoming a martial arts coach that later in life I became, uh, and a life coach uh, was a little bit easier because I could understand the people I was helping. And I'm helping, you know. Yeah, so it's interesting. Like the the scope of the podcast is nutrition, movement, and mindset. Three different things. And it sounds like what you're saying is back in the day, maybe you had the movement down. <laughs> maybe even the nutrition. But without the mindset, which is what we're talking about right now, without that mindset, you could be, it could be a recipe for disaster because you, you might not have the same emotional support that you have like physically and nutritionally. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect sense. Because, you know, you know, uh, the body can go as far, you know, it can go far, but you know, if the mind is on the way, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how strong you are. There's so many right. talented people that actually don't achieve that much is is full of people which are very very talented physically especially you have to be right with the mindset you have to have the right mindset right so i've uh, i hadn't actually heard of strategic intervention coaching before but i absolutely had heard of tony robbins and you know he's even been on some in some movies uh, that i've seen 
And um, is, is this type of coaching similar to what you might see Tony Robbins offering? Because there's a lot of YouTube videos out there of sort of Tony Robbins doing a, you know, there's 500, 1,000 people in a room and he's, he's, he's uh, individually speaking to people about their stories and helping them. Is your coaching strategic intervention sort of a one-on-one -on -one version of that? Yes, that's exactly what is. Um, now, of course, Donny's Donny, all right. <laughs> and so what he what he what he created with uh, with his partner, I mean, partner in business, partner on this kind of uh, uh, coaching, is created this strategic intervention coaching academy, okay, and with the Chloe Madanes, which is a world well known. Uh, one of the most actually relevant teacher for family therapy. So in relationships and uh, emotions and, uh, and many other things as well, of course. And, but so he basically with her and few more, but mostly with her created, let's say an academy as cool where in, it could, where it coaching and therapy let's say merge together okay so so in this way they because to, look tony uh tony robbins is not like someone who just speaks somebody out of the blue okay it gotta be excellent not even good gotta be excellent and so this chloe madanis really is an excellent teacher so it really taught me a lot during the course that i had with them both of them and uh, basically, the strategic intervention co coaching is basically what do Tony does. But of course, Tony, I don't think Tony do it in one on one, maybe do one on one, but not in a large scale, more like events. And, uh, and so he, he, he got his knowledge and her knowledge, merge it together and create this school, which is uh, basically uh, is something incredible. At least it has been incredible for me, for my own uh, growth, but also for my clients because it gives you the tools, the right tools to bring them where they want to be, but not just like a normal life coaching, like goals, beliefs, action. It's more like it goes in depth. It understands the relationship, the emotion, what creates the the emotions and uh, uh, the needs, uh, the human needs, and so on. So it really go into it touch a lot of uh, three sixty degree uh, picture of the client, basically. Okay, so more of a holistic approach, which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> awesome. So I also saw in your bio that you um, mentioned law of attraction coaching. I was just curious if you could quickly explain a little bit about that coaching was and maybe maybe what what drew you to that type of coaching initially. Okay, so uh, I was actually seeing a coach back then. I mean, like years, years ago. I mean, long time ago, I was seeing a coach. I was an athlete, but also, you know, I was having some issue with my life. I was having difficulty to forgive certain peoples and really was, it was eating me alive. So I really needed somebody uh, to help me out 
So uh, my coach uh, really helped me on going through this, you know, this um, this understanding, okay, of myself, of my emotions, acceptance, and and so because I was so so. Actually, I was always interested all my life for, I mean, like psychology. I didn't know about coaching, you know, because I, I don't think they were coaching when I was young, way, way younger. I mean, uh, so I was always interested in uh, psychology, helping others, understanding the psychic of people, the, the, mental, uh, the, the mental state, why people do what they're doing. Okay. I remember actually... I was very, very interested on the, the question, who am I? Why we are here? Is there a God? Why God is, you know, the God that we, you know, always, uh, we are familiar with is the God, because I'm a Christian Catholic, okay? Is the God is actually judgmental and then there is a good and bad. So I was always intrigued about why, people are good why people are bad and honestly with you i was like reading a lot of books of psychologists psychiatrists and therapists and who and mostly the one about serial killers <laughs> serial killers uh, killers yes okay. yes simply because i wanted to understand why, why, if we are all the same and there is a God, why people do such atrocity? Why mm. people actually, or besides serial killers, also like, you know, um, dictators or tyrants and people who are actually in the past had really like, you know, like Genghis Khan or Hitler or all these iconic, you know, bad guys. Um, mm. Out there, so understanding why they're doing what they're doing. So I was um, uh, reading about those and serial killers, and uh, you know, uh, and really it, it opened a lot my eyes a lot about you know the good or bad, <laughs> because for what I understood, the most of them, I mean, eighty percent of them, I mean, is like really is about the environment they're in that actually switched something in them and also about you know chemical imbalance in the brain sometimes and i don't know if something else came up anyway but uh, this is where the most um you know predominant for these kind of people so i always was curious about understanding why the why people do what they're doing so um, this was just me, curiosity. And then by thanks to the, that life coach that helped me, that made me realize that maybe, maybe I want to actually become a life coach. And an opportunity came in and it was this life coaching was my first encounter with, you know, with a program, um, Love Attract, QSEA. It's called Law of Attraction uh, Life Coaching. Actually, I didn't know about the Law of Attraction back then even. But there was this Law of Attraction thing. I was like, okay, let's see what that is about. And for what 
at the end of the course is that the course is is very very powerful okay first of all i knew it was the right course for me at that time because somehow i had this strong fire when i actually joined it i don't know why but it was stronger than one of the strongest fire and uh, excitement i ever had so i thought this cannot be wrong hmm. and that doesn't mean that you know people who actually doesn't have this fire uh, cannot be excellent coaches it just me my experience was that was telling me my emotional telling me this is the right thing and so uh what is that about basically is about um it is about coaching life coaching so it's not like love attraction sit and wait for it no you actually do your work is really about you do your part but also also so you do 100% full responsibility of the 50% and then the other 50% okay is basically let either the universe source energy energy of the universe or your god or whoever do its work too so that combine the two you can actually for real can attract the life that you you want it or the life that you need yeah that's that's super interesting because um uh, my mentor says that you know as if you if what you're doing is in alignment with the way the universe works you're going to be met halfway and it sounds like, like exactly what you're saying 50 percent of the equation but you have to remember that you yourself are 50 percent of the equation and as I always annoyingly say to Lada, I say you have to chop the wood and carry the water, meaning you have to do the work, the groundwork. You can't just use spirituality as a bypass for doing the real hard work, you know, the stuff when nobody's looking. Uh, just telling people you're spiritual and that you're a, um, you're a co- whatever it is, defining yourself to others, I think, I don't, I think you have to do the work behind the scenes. And, and that's where you start to see, like you're saying, the universe starts supporting you in these really interesting ways that uh, you have to be open-minded to even understand how it's working because, you know, some people, you know, if you're mathematical, logical, left-brained, you're going to go, oh, that's complete BS. That's totally ridiculous. But once you've had that tangible experience for yourself, that's where um, nobody can really take that away from you. Nobody can turn that around and, and convince you to sort of live in fear anymore because you understand the mechanism and you understand that you're taking part in something that's much bigger than yourself. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So that's cool. That was your intro to coaching. And then you became a strategic intervention coach. And also, along the lines of nutrition, quickly, I wanted to talk because it is one of the categories we talk about. Um, obviously, with your training, I'm sure you encountered uh, nutrition and how it could improve your results uh, with MMA. Did you, do you incorporate nutrition into your coaching in any way, or do you sort of separate yourself from that? Because I have, personally, sometimes I try to I only I only offer it to people who ask for it uh, because sometimes people aren't ready to listen if you just start throwing nutrition advice blindly at them. I was just curious if uh, if you promote yourself as a nutrition coach in any way. 
No, <laughs> no. Um, I I started nutrition because I basically um, I needed to understand a deeper understanding of how my body worked, uh, how and how nutrition works in relation to my body. So uh, I really, really needed to understand it, and you know, I, I just and I just uh, start studying it. And uh, I wanted to understand it simply because I was tired of feeling lethargic, feeling foggy, feeling a little bit like, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, sad. I mean, I wouldn't say sad, but, you know, down most of the time. So I, I needed to understand if that was what I was eating. So basically, I, you know... I, I studied that and understood that, yes, was what I was eating. So, or at least was a big chunk of it. So for understanding it, I understand that there are certain food that actually benefit me, certain other they don't benefit me. So, for example, let's say uh, I'm, I understood that I'm intolerant to lactose. I mean, I'm intolerant to, for example, don't gluten. pizza. Pasta. Oh no! That's right. I mean, the, the, guy, the, guy, the guy who was making pizza ovens when I met him. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Remember, we were actually, you know, what a nice time we had there, right? We were actually locked down, the best lockdown ever. We were singing, playing, making pizza, pasta. It was good. It was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, but yes, yes, I was actually, I am intolerant to gluten. Okay. So, uh, so gluten does that to me, basically. It put me down and uh, I can feel, I can feel my joints start to actually ache when it starts to slow, slows you down, right? Yes. My muscle recover much slowlier and uh, also I'm, I'm much more distracted, always sleepy, my joint ache. So I feel like inflammation around my body. So then if I, if I do a little bit more than I'm supposed to do, either in a, like, for example, let's say I push myself physically or I eat something more that, let's say, I'm not supposed to, let's say with an inflammate, uh, inflamed, sorry, <laughs> inflamed yeah. body, Okay, of course it will uh, make it worse. While if it's not inflamed, let's say it's clean, I can also eat a pizza once in a while, pasta once in a while, or drink once in a while. But if I'm inflamed totally and then I start eating that stuff, okay, then, you know, it's a downward spiral. And then I, I also start to have skin problem and things like that. So yeah. myself, I found myself to actually, yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not doing it. it I love pizza once in a while. I love uh, pasta, of course, but in moderation. So I try to substitute. And, uh, and then, you know what? We are all different. That's what I understood in nutrition, by studying nutrition, that, you know, it's not that everything is you know, written set in stone. Of course, I would recommend not to eat junk food, to eat as clean as possible. 
okay? But eat off whatever you wanted, as clean as possible. Yeah, that's, well, when, when, we, when we do approach people with nutrition, what we do is we ask them about um, what's called metabolic typing to see how they respond to certain types of foods. Because, um, for example, you're from Italy, right? So your ancestors might have eaten pizza for a very long time. So uh, naturally, well, uh, bread, sorry, bread, yeah, pasta, yeah. Um, but if my ancestors were from very far north, we might have had, uh, we wouldn't have eaten papaya and mango, just as an example. So if I'm down here in Mexico eating papaya and mango every day and I'm wondering why my digestion's terrible, it's like, well, you know. But, but like you said, yeah, that might, it might work for you, but again, in moderation. Um, today, these days, we, we overconsume calories like wild, right? Because it's so readily accessible. Maybe it wasn't so easily accessible in the past and it was a little more respected and traditional. So, yeah, that's interesting. I just quickly wanted to touch on that. But um, another thing I wanted to mention or ask you about was in terms of when you're a coach, uh, I think at the beginning it's very easy to get drawn into other people's lives and to sacrifice your own like the archetype of the nurse or somebody who who sort of will sacrifice themselves for others uh, out of love. But um, I'm wondering, I'm sure you've, you've run into this and you're, you have to make sure that you take care of yourself. Do you have something of a routine, something that makes sure that Andrea is happy and supported and satisfied? Is there something on a day-to-day -day basis, or some, something you do? Mm. Nice. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, brother. Of course, because, um, you know, happiness, it doesn't come just like that. And the same thing with love, the same thing with, you know, success, same thing with sadness, <laughs> uh, same thing with depression, anger, joy, uh passion they don't just show up out of the blue one day just like that okay that means that there there are there is something there are some precedent right there is something that came earlier that built up that kind of emotion okay so what makes me happy okay uh what is my routine i would say then it's different for everyone, I think. But for me, that works right now in my life very well, right now. And um, uh, is basically, oh, I say right now, I, I want to just touch on that, okay? Because I can see, you know, in this, like, you know, this period in time that, you know, everybody has a formula, a formula, stick with that formula. That's good for everybody, and it's going to be good always. Well, not really, okay? There are loves, the loves of the universe, they're steady, but then all the other behavior that you're having, you know, it can change based on, uh, based on many things, where you are, where you're living, and uh, uh, your stage of life. If you are like a student, if you are, you know, if you have 20 years old, 25, if you are a man with kids, I mean, like everything change. Okay. So 
Um, so that's why I wanted just to touch on that because so that people at least know that, you know, if something doesn't work, maybe because you have to kind of, you know, kind of go with the flow a little bit, steady having those practices, but maybe change them a little bit along the way. Okay. So just want to mention, because my practices, I have a few practices that I actually do that I will explain now, but they, along the way in my life, they kind of change it. And some days I'm not always able to do them all, for example. So please don't be guilty about it. Uh, try to make sure you will do them, okay? Or at least a few of them, okay? The most important one. Uh, but, you know, uh, if you don't do all of them, don't be guilty. Otherwise, you'll make it worse. So, so now, my, uh, what I found in my life uh, that sleep is a big, a big part of my sanity, <laughs> And, uh, and honestly, I'm not even sleeping that much like I should, but I would say that sleep is a big part. I understood that. I was like, I remember when I was 20, yeah, whatever. I sleep when I'll be dead. You know, this kind That's of- That's actually the name of the episode we released last week. I'll sleep right? when I'm dead. <laughs> about, <laughs> about how people say that, but they're killing themselves because they don't sleep enough in some exactly. cases. <laughs> so basically, yeah, he'll probably be dead sooner than he thinks. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sleep is important. Okay. No matter whatever, who, no matter how, how much coffee you want to go for. <laughs> oh, okay. And excitement and sleep is needed. Okay, sleep is needed because of, of course, if you don't sleep, then it gets into a downward spiral of, uh, you know, uh, how you say, um, addictive behavior like coffee or keep on, you know, drinking, drinking, drinking yeah. you know, this kind of uh, or uh, whatever it is. And so energy and drinks, these energy days. drinks and things like that to keep yourself up, up, up. Okay. And of course, you age faster in this way. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm not saying not to drink coffee, but at least sleep. Okay. Sleep at least seven hours, at least give yourself seven hours, good sleep. Eight, of course, is better Then okay. Sleep. Then when I wake up, what I do is I do my meditation. Okay. So meditation could vary. It could be like also, uh, from 15 minutes to half an hour, Maybe once a week could be one hour, but, you know, rarely I do it. But half an hour is a good time for, for me. But for somebody who is just starting, for example, you can do also five minutes. Thank you so much for saying that because I think that's so valuable because um, if somebody says, I'm going to meditate one hour a day, every day, right, right? They're going to, like, like I've said before, you're going to do it once and you'll never do it again. Uh, but if you do three minutes, five minutes, and just see how it feels, start there, right? You don't have to set these unattainable goals for yourself. So thank you so much for mentioning that. No, absolutely. No, I mean, like, because I've been through that. I've, I've done it all. I've tried it all. And, and I'm somebody who just rush into things. Or I used to be somebody who just rush into things that thought that the more I do, the better. But actually, it's not. 
is not this way, especially when you're starting, you have to build up, build up the excitement, build up the habit, build up all these things. If you're killing, if you're killing it, the excitement straight away, of course, you're not going to do it. And you have to like everything got to be built up. I mean, like you, you cannot go one hour. I remember my first experience was a Zen meditation was in Ireland when I went into this room, we had to stay and and I was I was very stiff. I mean, I was at an athlete still and I was like in pain and stuff. So I had to sit in a certain way, you know, and uh, and then I stayed there still for like an hour. And, you know, when you have no mm, no previous experience on meditation and you have to have a certain position with the legs and stay still for an hour. And I was young and full of energy. Oh man, it was one of the worst experience of my life. Yeah, and it could have turned you off from meditation for the rest of your life. Even even something that's that could be potentially positive, like a Vipassana meditation where like a silent retreat, three days, seven days, Imagine somebody who's never done it before. They join a friend and for seven days, they don't say a word, right? That they, the, the whole, in their mind, they're going to, they're going to consider meditation. They're going to remember that, you know, they're going to have a little bit of trauma from that. So yeah, I love the concept of just saying, Hey, like th try one minute, 30 seconds, <laughs> just, just try it, man. Just try it. Just breathe, breathe five times. That's a good start you know <laughs> absolutely it's just like actually if actually is more valuable if you do let's say three times a day okay you sit and stay 30 seconds breathing breathing like slowly 30 seconds and then automatically you want to do 32 seconds <laughs> If you're competitive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 35 seconds. The, the MMA fighters will be like, oh, yeah, 45 next time. <laughs> For the, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but automatically you want to do this little step, you know, and it doesn't take you much. But, you know, it's better to do something consistently. And, and most people actually never sit for a second without their phone and just experience their body breathing, themselves breathing, their own thoughts, okay, their own silence. So, so that's why it's valuable because it's something new. It's something like, whoa, wait a second, whoa, am I? I can hear my thoughts, or I can actually I can focus on my breathing. Is I thought I was just breathing without, you know just like that but actually yes you are also breathing and you are also there is a heart that is beating as well and you start to feel in it and there is uh, there is so many things that comes up after that so so meditation i would say honestly um after that experience that i had actually halfway i just turn and get out straight away after in that zen meditation and it was too much for me. And then actually for years, I, I haven't touched it because I mm. was like, you know what? It's not for me. 
And, uh, and so, but then afterwards I start to say like, okay, I'll try to do little by little and it worked. And then now meditation probably is the only thing that stick with me daily without stop for like, has been like 10 years, maybe more. And honestly is, is a great benefit. It's a great benefit. And, uh, and okay. So I'm going to, I'm gonna say what I do uh, next uh, fast because <laughs> I got stuck in meditation in a meditative state. So uh, after meditation, I'll set my intention because I think setting the intention for the, your life and for the day especially or how you want to feel and how you would like the day to be. It could be even like very general, okay? So is essential. So at least you create for real your own reality or at least or at least you do that 100% of your part. So, so I think there might be people though, who, when you say set an intention, I used to be one of those people, like if somebody said, find your core values, set an intention, my mind would go blank. Do you have a, an example of what, like, would the intention be something like today's going to be very calm or today I'm going to get a lot of work done. Is that along those lines or, or today I'm going to be nice to people or, yeah, I mean, like it, it could be, it could be that. But what I, what I like to do, and what I find very, very, um, uh, very useful and uh, and of benefit to me is actually setting the intention of how you want to feel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, I have my to do list of what I have to do already. Okay. So. Uh, that is there, but the emotions are the one that could change. And so I need to be able to set the intention of my emotions so that I can recall them. I first, I didn't intend them to be so that I'm already starting the process. And then if something happened, at least I can recall them. Yeah. Wait, you know, I want to be passionate about it. I want to be, you know, kind, or I want to be confident, you know, I want to be, you know, I've set the intention to be, you know, loving. And then you, at least if you set that intention, you can be aware when you start to deviate away from it, right? You're like, oh, oh, I'm not being loving right now. Yes, yes, yes. So I would say, you know, to-do list for the practical stuff, okay? So, and then they're there, you are going to do that. Then we, what is the emotion that you would like to actually have by doing those? And that is, I think, I think that is what we should do. That is our, that's the most important things, part of our life. Okay. Be in charge of our emotions. Then the things you have to do, you know, the goals and stuff, they are just around it. You know, just things that you want to do just to make your life more exciting, to grow. But the emotions, if you can get hold and and perfect, uh, coming back to that emotion that you actually wish to have uh, on a daily basis, or at least 90, 80% of the time, 80% of the time is good enough. Okay. Then is that life is beautiful because everything that happens, that everything that happened is just like a cherry on the cake. 
<laughs> it's not that the emotion is a cherry on the cake. It's where whatever happened is a cherry on the cake. <laughs> okay. You know, amazing. Okay. So you make sure you get enough sleep, sleep, set an intention for the day, you meditate. And okay. last one, which is probably, of course, related to your podcast as well. Uh, absolutely exercise and exercise outside. I mean, it could be exercise. I'm talking about what I do, okay? What really is benefit me going outside, do either running, swimming, body, body weight, workout. Um, if you can get some sunshine when the sun is not too hot and things like that, yes. No, that's, that's, I think that's very valuable too to mention to people because a lot of people feel like chilling is wasted time. But if, if having free time is part of your value system, and it certainly is for me, I feel overwhelmed when I don't have free time. And I don't give people my full self because I'm sort of, I feel trapped by them. It's not their fault. It's actually my fault that I haven't set things up correctly. Um, but yeah, having chill time, having just space to play or to have a hobby. A lot of people don't respect uh, them, that, uh, that part of themselves that, that, that desires creativity or to draw something or just to do something silly that isn't technically productive, like drawing a mandala or something and then just throwing it away. Uh, that, that feels so wasteful and useless to, to people who are um, focused on business all the time, but it could have a lot of value for your mind and your mindset. And like you, like you mentioned, if you're the greatest, potentially the greatest MMA fighter, but your mindset is off, you're not going to make it very far or you're going to burn out or get injured pretty fast. Amazing. Okay. So I just have one, actually one thing, uh, just touching what you just said um that is essential absolutely um actually last few days i volunteer for a friend of mine in this like big music event where there was uh, in in those event there are seminars okay or workshops called like uh, clinics music clinic something like, guitar clinic something like that of these very famous well-known guitarists okay um they were they were teaching few tricks and asking uh, answering questions to the crowd and there was one of them actually i i wanted to ask him uh, uh, this one his name is gus g is a uh, very famous uh, in the in the environment of uh, you know uh, rock bands and things like that and he was uh, one of the leading uh, guitarist of the Ozzy Osbourne band. Long Black time. Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a little. They were my favorite band <laughs> a long time ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> so basically, basically, what? And I asked him. So, tell me something. What do you do to sparkle creativity, or when you get stuck? Because you do get stuck. Even whatever you're doing, whatever. Um, how creative and beautiful and loving and you're passionate about these things, but you, after a while, you get into this box, you know, 
comfort zone, some boxes where things are not coming up or something are not, or you get, or you are burned out. And so you just, so he said, yes, actually, you know, something happened lately. He actually writes stuff. And after he wrote, I did this album and then he wrote some, some stuff. After that, they got such a, he burned out and he couldn't write anymore. He couldn't do anything anymore. And he was actually thinking if he could maybe quit or anything. You see how the mind goes? And, and he is like, you know, wow, he is like an excellent. He is like one of the top five in the world. And, and, and he said, you know what? I just let it be. And I start to do other things. Sometimes you just have to let go. I start to do other things. And, and he said, he explained like you did, you need to have also something else, hobby or anything or anything different that sparkle your creativity again or your curiosity again. Okay, it's either maybe you pick like a like a newspaper that you've never read, that you've never wanted to read in your life, and you pick it up and you start reading it and you start to get some ideas. Or maybe you go in places you've never been, or maybe you just, for example, you just sit and relax and you do something, you read a book has nothing to do with, you know, without the phone, of course, that's <laughs> essential. So it happened to everyone. And so that's why that, you know, me time, that sometimes is not related to what is you're doing or, uh, or your job or anything is very, very important. And it can improve your creativity. Oh, yes. You say Even after though, that, yeah. you started to actually come back right. again. And if you try to apply logic to it, it sounds illogical, but it, it makes sense from a mindset perspective that backing off and doing something different will give you more space and more energy when you come back to that that thing you love initially. So really well said. I just have one more question for you uh, because to me, you, you, you're, you embody kindness, honestly. I, I, always I always always experience that when I'm with you. I don't feel, I mean, people would think, oh, this big, strong MMA type guy, you know, you'd think he'd, be this uh, alpha male and another male would have to sort of step up. And it's not at all like that with you, which I, I really love that. But on the, on the topic of kindness, yeah, you're a cutie pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the topic of kindness, um, can you, the listeners, how could they offer a little more kindness, not only to others, not only to others, but to themselves? Do you have any advice on that? Yes, about kindness. For me, kindness has been like always one of the most essential, yeah, essential like uh, traits. traits. Traits, yeah, sorry. Uh, essential traits that the human being already have. Okay. And basically what it is, um, we all have it. Um, I've always been in my mind um, because we always talk about unconditional love right unconditional love be more unconditional unconditional love unconditional love is amazing it's beautiful unconditional love is probably the source of all but but with our little mind rational human mind okay how can we actually i mean unconditional love feels big 
Okay, how can you be unconditional? So I would say that the uh, kindness or act of kindness is basically unconditional love made easy. <laughs> is basically is the practice is what you can do to actually reach the unconditional love. So being kind either to yourself or others, and it can be with, you know, a simple, simple thank you and a smile, a simple uh, hello. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I go running every day and, uh, and you know what? I say hello. And you know what? I say hello and smile. Probably, you know, I can feel that they smile too. And in that exact moment, they felt love. Hmm. I felt love too from them as well. So it's not that difficult. It doesn't have to require money. It could be also that you actually, you know, sometimes you pay for somebody else, even just a coffee, or you buy a homeless person, I don't know, even just like anything. Or, uh, you know, you just let people go inside the bus, you know, just before you. Okay, or maybe you just hug somebody or say, you know, uh, thank you for being there or say I love you or or for yourself. So, <laughs> you can hug yourself, you know, hugging, truly hugging yourself. Yeah, that's interesting. I was I was recording a yoga class the other day and I made one of the poses literally to just hug yourself for five minutes. <laughs> Because people don't take the time to do that kind of thing, right? Absolutely. I think it's yeah. essential, especially for yourself. Because honestly, the time that I haven't been kind with others, it was because I, I was the least kind with myself. Right. So you're, you're projecting how you feel about yourself o onto the onto world. Onto others, yes. Yeah. And I think this division between people nowadays that is appearing, okay, uh, full of labels, full of I, uh, me against you, men against women, uh, or, uh, you know, labels after labels. Uh, okay. First of all, I think it's not as bad as they actually show it to be. Okay. But this is another thing. But second, I think all this division that there is, is because people don't love themselves. They're not kind with themselves, don't love themselves enough. Because if they really did love themselves, but I'm not saying just love, I love myself, you know, affirmation like that. Just truly love yourself, truly. You wouldn't need to go against somebody else. You wouldn't need to actually be insignificant in some way, no matter what you do, by crashing somebody else, you know, with words or with, with, with you know, physicality or yeah. whatever way um so it's really or, or people try to look for i don't know the holy grail that makes them happy but the holy grail is really like be kind with yourself kind with yourself that's the holy grail and you don't have even to set goal for others almost because once you're very kind with yourself that has nothing to do with be uh selfish it's just truly be kind with yourself and say in front of the mirror, maybe smile at yourself and say thank you for being there for me. Look what have been done, what have we have been through. Man, look what we have been through. You look at the mirror and you say that. 
you know it's like and yeah. then hug yourself and smile love yourself love your body give it what it needs and don't crash every time yourself with thoughts that that are not useful and you know automatically yeah. then automatically yeah. go, you know don't double down on because <laughs> i'm i used to have that tendency to double down on when i'm feeling bad about myself I, I would just double that and triple that and then look for other people to confirm it by getting into a fight with them and <laughs> just making making it really dramatic yeah what a momentum it starts in there it's <laughs> an unstoppable momentum because then you know you just validate more and more your well, feelings well yeah so i'm in the description i'm going to put uh Andrea's contact information if you'd like to get a touch in touch with him um, so feel free to get in touch with him or just send him a message and say hey man you're so nice and whatever that'll, that'll make his day yeah <laughs> or say hey wh what country are you in because he's a bit of a nomad so it's always interesting where, where right now it's Greece yeah now it's Greece tomorrow yeah. who knows <laughs> who knows who knows yes Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I, yeah, there will be my contact, uh, will be my website, and uh, and uh, also my contact uh, emails. And uh, on the website, there is a little bit of who I am and what I do. Is I mean, it's just a page or two, just to understand what I do. Okay, and then if you want to get in contact with me, of course, there is like my number as well and my my emails. Okay. And you and, do virtual uh, coaching, right? You can do it I do, on the yeah. internet, right? Yeah. Exactly. I do virtual coaching. And the first coaching session is also is called Clarity Session. So it's for free. So if you are ever interested, and then after that, uh, we can talk about it, of course. But that's what I do. That's my passion, especially. And if you want to come on board, and you are super welcome and soon i will have my own podcast actually thanks to you man thanks to ryan that is actually is uh, really encouraging me to do one so i'm gonna do one and i'll be more than happy to have him as well and have uh, other guests that could be hey. from anybody basically and once you get that podcast going, I'll, in the episode description, I'll update that and so people can subscribe to you. Thanks so much, Andrea, for, for being on this. I'm sure we'll end up doing another one. And uh, This was fun. Yeah, Thank it. you. Thank you so much. Grazie. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. There's more to us than the podcast. Your community awaits you in our free Facebook group. Click the link in the description to join the conversation now. You can also follow and connect to us on social media. Thank you again so, so much for listening. We really appreciate your time and support. With love, Lada and Ryan. <laughs>